Trenders. Welcome back to our second uh, first impressions of the new season. Uh, as you can see, uh, Gracie slash Scorpio, I am hosting today. Unfortunately, our lovely Nubles was not able to come, but we are still joined by some wonderful guests who are... Uh, Agnes and Iniqui, editor for Anime Trending. And it's James, and I go by James, and technically also Dio, but I realize how corny that sounds. Uh, you've heard my voice before. It's probably getting obnoxious at this point. It's Mehdi. I'm here. I wasn't last week. Uh, you lost Nubles, but got me, which, take that as you will. What it's a, a poor replacement. <laughs> uh, yeah, welcome to our uh, second first impressions, whatever that means. It's first impressions part two, Electric Boogaloo. Electric I like that title better. <laughs> <laughs> so how is everybody today i'm i'm doing all right nothing really new while just sitting here uh we, we vibing yeah we vibing i got my desk set up i I've been, as as if you i don't know if i talked about it on the last podcast but i moved out of my apartment back into my old room uh, and so last week i was recording on a tv tray sitting on a trunk uh, now uh, i actually have my desk right. with me and like a real chair. It's really great, actually. Um, it, it's very nice. I took all of the board games and fun social activity devices that I have, and I shoved them all under my bed because I'm not going to be using them for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks, if not months. Uh, you because... upgraded your um, seating. Your you upgraded your seating in exchange for noobles is essentially what happened. <laughs> yeah, oh that's, that's the price of that's the price of getting a real chair. It's a chair. It's made out of noobles. But you get Medi thrown in <laughs> for free. The noobles thrown. Free bonus Medi. I'm also watching Haikyuu. Uh, I have heard from my fellow hosts and other staff members at Anime Trending that it's something I should really do, and I basically put it off, saying no, I'm not going to do it. Mostly to antagonize them, uh, but my sister is home um, for the next couple of weeks, and so she came and she came home and was like, "We should watch Haikyuu. and I went, "I didn't realize that you watched half decent shows," uh, and so now uh, we're like seven or eight episodes in. It's pretty good. I'm enjoying it more than I thought I would, and I'm almost nice. angry that I'm enjoying it because I spent so long trying not to watch it. Dude, Can't I like me. like I said, I'm not a sports like anime fan at all. Sports sports as a whole just isn't really my thing like I have respect for it but it's just not something I'm ever ever really into and I also totally didn't believe like I would get into Haikyuu but my roommate just kept watching it on her own and then I'll just like sometimes peek in and before I knew it I was like crying to one of the episodes I was like what did it do to me (laughs) yeah but you cry at everything so you crying at it is not a good barometer of like (laughs) emotional impact True, that is very true. But that being said, for me to be able to cry to a genre that I'm not really into with characters that I didn't really bond with because she was jumping around the episodes, that's a testament to it. Jumping, wow, jumping around the episodes, that is, whew. My yep. sister just skips openings and endings like a heathen. <laughs> I don't like that. Yeah, I especially don't like the fact that I'm missing on the jangly guitar sounding ending theme. Anyway. That's my personal life. That's I, I carved out a segment of the podcast exclusively to talk about watching Haikyuu. That's how I'm much, that, that's how much he likes appreciate it, guys. It. You broke our number one rule. No talking about anime at the Anime Trending Podcast. Ah, oh, dang it. I guess this is the last podcast you'll ever hear from me, Annie Trenders. I'm so sorry about that. Yeah, we gotta Bye get forever. rid of him now. <laughs> um, well, I'll be speak- scrapped. 
speaking of non-anime stuff, but also kind of anime stuff, we hosted our first ever AMA at Anime Trending Discord. That was really fun. Woo! Yeah, I was in the audience. Yeah, I was I uh, think... interacting in the text chat for one of the very few times I've done that in our lovely Discord server. You right. can tell that, that Mehdi and I aren't used to chatting in that server because I think both of us leveled up like two or three times. Just <laughs> oh, by yeah. I've got that orange staff name and I just get outed yeah. for being level one. Yeah. Uh, we had our there was uh, a lot of really guest, good perception. Uh, Kinsuke Ushio-san, who um, is a very well-acclaimed composer um, who did many works, um, such as Japan Sinks, Devilman Crybaby, and also Liz in the Bluebird, which we actually got to interview him for. So that was really Ooh. exciting because a lot of, um, not just us, but like a lot of our anime trenders are also huge fans of him. And it was really fun to see him answer all did he also do boogie like pop and others one. oh he did i love wow. the soundtrack of boogie, boogie pop, and pop. And 10 out of 10 uh, kept popping up and like triggering me to cry spontaneously during that ama i think that's really I, I think the one thing yeah we had the we had the music going on in the background and it was not a it didn't it was interesting because i'm like there's definitely it took me it took a while before we got to a devil man crybaby track and I was like, man, I want more of this. Uh, because my favorite, because Ushio-san's music is really good at elic eliciting emotional reactions. Like, Matty, you cried during this, uh, the silent voice music stuff. Or at least tears welled up. Yeah, well, I didn't literally uh, but cry my favorite... the moment there. But in the movie, I sure did. There you go. Yeah. Uh, my favorite thing to do is, when I have Nubles uh, in the car with me sometimes, when we're driving, is to play the ending theme to Devilman Crybaby Episode 9. Uh, because... I'm totally used to it, but I know as soon as you start playing it, whatever mood he's in will automatically transition to sad. It it's like he's like Pavlov to it. It's amazing. <laughs> it's not an okay thing to do. It's fine. We go back to other music later. Um, my favorite, I just think it's funny that it still works. My favorite piece with him is actually Liz and the Bluebird because... Um, I, well, I watched a screener of it, um, Eleven Arts was kind enough to give that to us, but, like, throughout Ooh. the story, even though the pacing was slow, I was just so enamored with how, like, the soundtrack was blended in with the animation, the story, and at the end, I, I was just like, oh, wow, <laughs> like, did I just watch it, like, did I just watch a concert without realizing it, and so... Um, so Liz and the Bluebird is my personal favorite, but he's uh, he's quite the talented guy, that's for sure. <laughs> I really... Yeah, it was... It was... I'll go for it. Oh, I, was, I really want to watch Liz and the Bluebird, and I mean, Hibikei Euphonium in general. I have seen about eight episodes of the first season, and I was like, wow, this is great, I love this. Uh, and it's been probably two years since I watched it. <laughs> It's sitting there on the list, but it, it goes to show my anime backlog. It's full of things I know from experience I enjoy and will enjoy, but getting to it? Eh? <laughs> yeah. I well, liked Liz and the Bluebird a lot, uh, and it was cool learning about his co composition process that he talked about. I forgot the name of the technique that he used. Let me let me see if I can find it. Um, where he went to, like, a real school and was, like, baiting on chairs. He went stuff. to a real school and was, like, taking samples. And then the way that he actually composed, it had a, it had a fancy word that I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, 
Where is it? Oh, come on. Come on. Can you Brian. describe can the concept? It was uh like dripping ink on like like folding the stuff in half and things like that. Like I think he even like <laughs> I, did sorry? something where like the beakers would clink, clink together and stuff. It's a it's a pretty oh. detailed ex- yeah. Oh, that's really uh, so he was using like creative instruments with just random. Oh, yeah, yes, he yes, was um yes. Yeah, it was he composes based on concepts. And so for Liz and the Bluebird it was called like Decacomony or whatever. Decal Decal Decalcomony. Or whatever. And co prime. So I think there was like number theory behind his uh behind behind the Liz and the Bluebird composition, which is like crazy. That's mind blowing, yeah. Well, hopefully anyway, he uh, the anime he was comes fun. back for or at least he had fun with us and comes back for another one because, you know. Yeah. We're hoping to have more AMAs in the server. Which will be fun. Absolutely. But calling out yep. on... And if you missed out... Oh, if you missed out on, on the live AMA thing, you can still read it in the AMA channel uh, on our server. I'm sorry, did you just say you were calling me out? Oh, yes, I am. I'm about to call you out the fact that unlike... uh. Hibike Euphonium, which you started and then stopped in the middle, we are going to talk about some anime series episodes that you did watch and did oh, not Oh, that I am fully yet. caught up on, <laughs> despite <laughs> not necessarily enjoying. Um, yeah. Right. So, and with that brilliant transition, let's talk about Rent-A-Girlfriend. Oh my god. <laughs> okay, okay. Before, before everyone freaks <sighs> out about it, because, you know, it's been obviously making a lot of waves in the anime community. Um, for people who don't know what Rent a Girlfriend is about, um, basically it is about uh, Kazuya, um, a first year college student who got dumped by his girlfriend or his ex, to be more proper, um, within a month of dating. And in order to ease his sorrows, he decided to sign up for this renting a girlfriend program and meets another girl named Mizuhara who he quickly finds out has a girlfriend phase phase and a very <laughs> real her phase. So, and basically follows their shenanigans as they navigate another very, very messy romantic situation. So. Yeah, he rents a girlfriend and then learns that business mode does not, is not actually how she acts. Which, like, if you work, if you've worked a customer service job, everyone, everyone that's ever worked customer service is like, oh, no, yes. duh. <laughs> See, when, when you described uh, that he quickly learns she has a girlfriend mode, at first I just heard he quickly learns she has a girlfriend, and boy, that would be a much more entertaining <laughs> show to me. But <laughs> I agree. That would have been a much more intriguing plot line. <laughs> okay, I mean, actually, well, even, our... even, if you, even if you dump the, the Yuri connotations there, uh, it would actually be interesting if you just had a rental girlfriend worker who was acting a committed relationship and her partner boyfriend or whatever was just like we're not not talking about what we wish the anime is so um, for for that's a separate podcast discuss the first three episodes so if you guys i i mean there's not too much to spoil per se but in case that you guys to still feel like you might get spoiled from the first three episodes, this is like your spoiler warning. He rents a so, girlfriend I mean, in episode the first one. First impressions podcast. 
So basically, uh, <laughs> Maddie, you have a lot of thoughts that I kept interrupting you on. So what did you want to say? <laughs> oh, no, I was just joking just now about the spoilers that he rents a girlfriend episode one. Um, <laughs> oh, man. I, I'm not the biggest fan of our protagonist, Kazuya. And to be fair, most people aren't, even those that enjoy the show. But, um, yeah, I mean, how else do I put it? Like, <laughs> actually, here, here's a good way of putting it. I'm all fine with cringe humor. Like, I can enjoy watching things that I'm like, wow, these people are, like, so awkward or terrible. It makes me uncomfortable, but it's entertaining and funny. Uh, yeah. This is that just without the entertainment or humor to me. <laughs> I'm like... Ooh. Okay, I, I sound really harsh. Obviously, I kept up with three episodes somehow, but I'm just genuinely, like, frustrated and, like, mm, most of the time I'm watching it. You're, yeah, I, like I feel like you might have said this earlier in a conversation we had, but it was something like, there's cringe humor and then there's just cringe. Exactly. And this, t this, this is on the wrong side of that line. It, yeah. I mean, someone say more things about the show, because all I'm saying is that I don't like it, and I'm having a hard okay, time. Okay, so there's, I'll I'll give you my impressions like uh, holistically, because we we have we we complain of we, how do I put this? We don't really like the show, but the reason we don't really like the show is mostly because of the protagonist. That's my that's how I feel. I like a lot of the other aspects of it, and if you read my anti-bites, I try to summarize that a little bit. Like, uh, Chizuru plug. Mizuhara is. Yeah, no, read read my anti-bites. I haven't written one in, in seasons and seasons and seasons, and I'm finally back on it. Uh, and you can tell that it's been a while, just by how my writing is. But um, I like a lot of the show. Like, I think the animation is... The opening animation is cute. The ending animation is on theme, but uncomfortable. Uh, <laughs> the, um, the animation itself, like, in the episode is really solid. Uh, the comedy moments, that kind of, when we see... Uh, you know the 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 real person come out behind that customer service facade. I I always find that really funny, mostly because it's somebody getting angry at our protagonist, and I think he should be dumpstered on as much as possible. Um, <laughs> and and like the characters are complex characters. They're 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 not they're not one dimensional, which is which is good. Uh, I can still hate them and and admit the fact that at least there's a level of complex like. It's not it, you can hate somebody because it's like oh they're evil and that's why I hate yeah. them. They stand against everything that I agree with. But there's also the like wow, I hate you not because you're evil, but because you act like an asshole and then you have moments of clarity where you realize you are being a bad person and then fail to act on it. And that's what that's what that's what irritates me. But aside from that, it's really good. It's it's well animated. It's got a really good opening theme. All the parts are there to make it wonderful. It's like having all the ingredients for a wonderful cake, and then at the very end, for mistaking the vanilla icing for mayonnaise, and you've now ruined God, the cake. God, that's Oh my, no. <laughs> um, that, that's a take. I think I do wanna I do wanna agree here with James mainly because uh, one thing that really sticks out to me is I really love the character design actually I think it's really gorgeous. They are cute nice. girls are cute they are, and they're really they cute. They are effective cute girl designs. I think it's a nice looking show for sure. 
And we haven't even met two of them yet. You can tell in the opening sequence there's going to be four, and we've only oh, yeah, encountered two. Oh, yeah, and the two. voice cast is stacked, and it just frustrates me. Oh, it's so good. The potential. <laughs> Carry on, Gracie. Anyway. Oh, um, no, I was just saying, like, I really do like the character design. I don't know why I, I, like, I can't think of an exact reason as to why it appeals to me. Maybe it's because of the colors. I like how bright the colors are mm. with the characters, and so... Um, and so I just, I just really like the character designs a lot. It makes the art a, a lot more appealing, which also makes it easier to watch as a whole. Um, I like, so the, the anime trending staff knows how much, like, I just like the first three episodes or more specifically how much I just like the main character, but I'm still watching it because I, well, first of all, I like to torture myself and I don't drop any of the anime I watch. But the second thing is I keep holding on to hope that, like, there's character development. And honestly, it's okay for me if the main character starts out as frustrating as he is right now if I see actual development happen, which is, you know owning up to his mistakes and, you know, um, actually uh, being honest once and, um, you know, like not holding on to a relationship that is like clearly over because, uh, spoiler alert, he's not over his ex who dumped him after a month. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, here's the thing though. Apparently his ex isn't exactly over him either. I disagree with that. So, um, and the reason why is because there are some very toxic people out there who, after dumping or, like, moving on from someone, get really offended if that yep. person they left moved on quickly. <clears throat> yeah, but I, I guess that's true because Kazuya's put up the illusion that he's moved on. Yeah, he hasn't. and yeah. from her perception. So, I, like, uh, I think... <laughs> Like, I do think she's over... I, granted, once again, I, I I don't read the manga, so my knowledge is literally limited to only these three episodes, but um, uh. from what I see personally, I don't think is enough, is enough to warrant to say that she is over him. I just think she's salty because she didn't think he would be able to move on so quickly, which unfortunately is a real thing that happens. A lot of people, both guys and girls, despite being the one who does the dumping, if they figured out the um, their ex had moved on so quickly after them, they're just kind of like, oh, like how dare you, sort of thing. Yeah. So, well, I, yeah, I, I mean, I come, I come with a portent of doom from the future as somebody that actually read the manga. And he, let, let me rephrase that. As somebody that started reading the manga and then dropped it because I hated Kazuya. <laughs> like, I made it pretty far. I made it pretty far. And then I just stopped because I was like, I had a moment of clarity where I'm like, wait a minute, I don't enjoy this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you stopped autopiloting. So, yeah. Yeah, I will agree. I'm getting better at that. I'll agree, like, begrudgingly agree, <laughs> that the characters are not too one-dimensional and they're actually quite realistic like frustratingly so i think that's why kazuya for example it's like oh i i see like kind of the realism in his bad traits and how i know so many people like that or i can see like you know even those dark traits in myself like maybe at certain times or you know when I'm at my lowest, so to speak. Which is why we don't want to praise him, because we yeah, we don't want to, like, acknowledge him, because then we're acknowledging that, like, we are. No, but I think that's what bugs me, is that, like, sure, it's one thing if he realizes he's doing bad or whatever. I think what frustrates me is just how much uh, 
well, th- there's one thing about mommy kind of supposedly liking him back, but I think that is more her own toxic trait of just jealousy. And I, I like that. It's interesting. But um, Mizuhara, you know, the rental girlfriend herself, I, I think she's the character I struggle to believe like at all, especially because she's just way too forgiving of Kazuya, in my opinion. Like I, I just don't buy that. It bugs me. And yeah, the forgiveness, it's a little much, and but th- that's where I just dislike where you have a, a pretty pathetic main character, like in a literal sense, he is framed in a pathetic sense as in there, there's some definition of that, you know, like you can that relate true, to or though. feel I for. I do feel like the story doesn't try to shy away from saying that he is pathetic. So that is. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> and not even in just the, the like, oh, you're pathetic sense, but they're like, oh, he's sympathetic character or whatever kind of pathetic, but pathos is the root word. There we go. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's just that when you have that and then Chizuru, who's like so unrealistic to me, she's like kind of that idolized, perfect girl who's also, you know, isn't that the point though? Yes. I mean, she's literally, she's not taken. She's a rental girlfriend, all that, all that. And I like seeing her true nature behind herself, but that even when her true self slips out, it, it, it's it's like instead of actually being annoyed or mad at Kazuya, it's like she's acting kind of tsundere with him and is like nice to him at the end of the day or forgiving or like feels bad for him. That bugs me. Yeah, there was she that keeps, thing in episode like, three, it, that episode three thing where it's like, oh yeah, it's not, like that was really tough for me because it was I, I it was the like, why are you being nice? You're not in business mode right now. And then part of my brain went. Yeah, but if he keeps if he if if he feels sad and she's like I am the solution to your sadness, that's a hell of a sales pitch. I'll tell you what. Well, and also he risks exposing her, so she's kind of compromised. Yeah. But that's why it's like get it together, Kazuya, because she's doing so much for you and you're just screwing her over. Yeah. Which is why for me like on the success of this story because once again, um I tend I value as much as beautiful as the animation is or as good of a production value as I ultimately value stories and characters more. So what I like on on regard in regards to how I ultimately enjoy an anime. So in regards to like how I feel at the end because I don't know yet since there's only three episodes, it's gonna hinge a lot on whether he gets the the development that he really really needs because it's fine if he starts out ridiculously flawed and pathetic in fact i would argue that you should definitely start your protagonist at a spot that requires a lot of growth but if he's legitimately gonna go through all these romance whirlwinds without any genuine growth to me that kind of almost like forgives bad behavior in real life because you're like oh i can still get these things without having to change or become better and that's going to really bother me but once again i don't know yet so i mean i have like bad i have a bad feeling now that james says he's come from the future (laughs) (laughs) here's 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 my here's my word of advice as a future seer uh if if the plot of the manga is hinged entirely on his inability to be a person that then the manga is still ongoing and the anime is not going to adapt all of it so there's your answer unless i mean they could they could make some major changes there's always there's always a chance that they could do like an anime only ending theme or like make some major tweaks Mm -hmm. i know we forgot a high school we talked about how there's a lot of a lot of uh liberties that have been taken with adapting the source material on that and they may do the same thing here i don't know 
But if you're looking forward to a one-to-one adaptation, I hope you're ready to be unsatisfied with the conclusion. I mean, well, it's a continuing manga, so it's not like they're going to wrap everything up anyways. Well, while we're still on the topic of this anime, um, fun fact, I'm sure many of us and listeners might have forgotten, but uh, Agnes is still here with us, to my knowledge. (laughs) Hello. Yes, I am here. Do you have anything to weigh in on uh, everybody's favorite anime, Rent-A-Girlfriend? I don't, because I'm actually not caught up with Rent-A-Girlfriend. Ooh, how could you? Good for you. Um, because from the, from the initial, <laughs> from the initial views of, I watch anime based on things that I find personally interesting myself. I'm not the binger like Gracie, or I'm not somebody who likes to watch shows and talk trash about them. I usually just watch it to make myself feel good, I guess, question mark, which sounds very oh, devious. Oh, this is not a show for you to feel good. Yeah, so that's, <laughs> which is, which is, which is why I completely evade it for the longest time. But I'm also very interested with this concept of the rent-to-girlfriend and how the the main girl kind of like has to go about her way to maintain that image of hers. Because there are a couple mangas and other mangas, more mangas rather than anime series out there that do highlight on that rent-to-girlfriend or uh, rent-a-partner for the night. double life kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Which oh, is renting a... a partner for the night. Yeah, that, that's the thing. We'll yeah. talk about that whole industry in a future podcast because right. I said we're going to. Which is, well, we'll um, for not diving into details for that type of industry, I do want to say that it is a very interesting concept that they have for rental girlfriend. And if you guys persuade me enough in this podcast, I may go watch it just for that industry concept. And that's about only it. Wa- only watch it if you're interested in the industry concept. We've been so persuasive concept. at telling you to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> because uh, Kazuya uh, is... The kind of character that I will detest. Agnes, because I love you, I'm going to straight up say it. You're going to hate it. Don't watch it. (laughs) All right. Thank you, Gracie. I will selectively watch clips elsewhere. That's a good way to do it. And I mean, I I do want to put this segment to bed by saying, like, by all means, if you enjoy the anime, like, more power to you. I see the fun in it. I mean, I, I chose to watch it my own will and you know it's got great character designs it has like serviceable comedy it didn't hit me perfectly or couldn't like overcome the gripes i have with it but it still made it made me laugh i laughed yeah, at the comedy the, bits i i laughed at a couple things too i will admit and you know with every anime everybody's gonna have their personal little hang-ups or Quibbles. preferences yeah. but yeah you know, I, I just I mean there's an audience for it. The manga was popular mm-hmm. enough to get an anime adaptation. So. That's just my retroactive disclaimer because I'm I'm too uh afraid to actually have a hot take on a podcast. Too afraid to assert you know? yourself? No, yeah. it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean just it's, at me it's on hard Discord to deal in absolutes. You want to yell at me and I will gladly like it, listen. Yeah, if you if you tag us in the Discord server, uh we might actually descend from our our lofty perch on mount olympus and come down to chat with you all i don't i don't think i just just want to read and feel like people pay attention to me oh well i'll read it and if i think that my if my think my pride has been wounded i will proceed to converse with you uh you got me there so whether whether you antagonize us or simply have regular questions actually if you have regular questions submit them to the question corner and we'll deal with it later but if you want to talk to us about rent a girlfriend uh do not hesitate to uh to bother us wow. me and Medi specifically don't bother other people please don't bother me i have no question i have i have no insight on this show whatsoever <laughs> do not bother noobles yeah. you have to get through us first 
We're the guardians. Of the, <laughs> the we're the guardians four. of the. Yeah. The elite. Noobles is our Pokemon champion. Oh, I'm also you know, kind of going for the kill a kill thing, but either way. Oh, that works too. In any case, anyway, this is a good segue to dive straight into our second show, which most of us have either watched for a majority up to the third episode or are caught up, which is going to be Decadence by Studio Nut. Um, I'll go All right, I have. Off. I want to talk about. I want to say one thing real quick, because it's unrelated <laughs> to the to the to the show's plot, but specifically about Studio Nut. Sure. Um, I was watching the opening credits, and I'm really. It's like, oh, Studio Nut, cool. Why did they pick a pentagon when they could have done a hexagon? When the hexagon is the shape of an actual nut, like mechanical nut, not like a fruit nut, like a tree nut, but like oh, like a if they the were mechanical just... nut is a hexagon. Oh, that's interesting. Why did they use a pentagon? Maybe there and I, are I know, pentagon I remember... nuts. Are there? No. Uh, maybe. For, are... for listeners, we're referring to bolts and nuts. Nuts and bolts, like nuts literal and bolts, nuts yeah. and bolts. The nut go. part of a nut and bolt is a hexagon. I keep seeing that and is hearing the word. Yes, there are. I just googled it. <laughs> what pentagonal nuts? Yeah. If they <laughs> exist, they're not we... industry standard. Okay, we're gonna and title you this even, episode. You can pod. buy pentagon um, nut wrenches. Like, <laughs> is it? I wonder if this if the the reason why that there's a diversity is maybe the pentagon is more useful in Japan rather than the U.S. I if James is that. saying that the industry mm. does not use it, Japan does have a lot of variety when it comes to preferences, when it comes to mechanical and electronical things that do differ from the US. So I wouldn't be surprised if that is one of, that is what they know. That is all that they know. And they don't have hexagons like the US. Oh, you know what? Be, what well, it's I not just the US. European, is... European nuts are hexagons too. So, so the one I found online, it's actually being sold on an Asian market. So it might be an Asian market mm. thing. Interesting. Anyway, well, thanks for tuning in to Home Improvement with Tim Allen. <laughs> um, let's let's cycle back to Decadence. I'll go ahead and read out the synopsis uh, since I have it open in front of me. This is officially from Funimation. After nearly being driven out to extinction by life forms known as Gadol, human dw- humanity dwells in the mobile fortress named Decadence. Built to protect humans from the Gadol threat, it's occupied by gears, warriors who fight daily, and tankers, those without the same skills. Natsume, who dreams of fighting, meets Kaburagi, an armor repairman. Their chance meeting will shake the future of this world. It's a very vague fin- synopsis, but when you watch the first two episodes, you're kind of thrust into a very interesting political, uh, multi-layered world, almost. <laughs> I watched. I it's not all Agnes, just about fighting and slaying things. I think Agnes puts it best. Um, so we watched it together at Funimation Con, and uh, which was uh, online. And uh, what happened was when we were watching it, Agnes was like, "Oh, this is like Mad Max Fury Road," and I was like, "Wow, <laughs> like that is such a good way of describing <laughs> the world because they are the- like essentially in a desert, and so." Um, and yeah. like they're on like there's a lot of machinery and stuff like that. So if you guys want like a painted picture of what it kind of looks like, that would be a good way to describe it. <laughs> and this is for me to go for my tangent because I didn't speak for like the first twenty minutes since you guys were talking about friend and girlfriend. <laughs> um, I really liked the concept that they have for decadence. A lot of people were very skeptical, thinking that this was kind of a, an Attack on Titan ripoff because many of the warriors in the many of the gears, I should say, in the series use a similar levitation bladed device. 
But as it turns out in the series, it is a device that relies on fuel and the ambience, or I guess bloodlust that these gettles emit, which is and it becomes like extremely scientific by season three, which is super interesting. That's season, season three. I'm sorry, episode three. Slip at the tongue. I'm sorry. I wish it was a season three, but it's more of like an episode three. And it's just really interesting. The whole world, their entire decadence relies on the existence of these creatures and the I guess the blood or the fuel that they have in order to just keep it operating. So I've watched all three current episodes uh, in the past two hours, I think. Uh, <laughs> Is your brain mush? So, <laughs> reading the synopsis and just like seeing visuals, I mean, see everything we've talked about to up to this point gave me an idea of what the show would be. And watching the first episode pretty much was. There, there was a little bit at the end of the first episode that actually teases more. Uh, and mm-hmm. then I started the second episode. Not finished, but started the second episode. And I'm just, like... I don't want to say my jaw... My jaw didn't literally drop, but, you know, metaphorically, I'm like, what my understanding of this show, my world, has just completely been turned upside down. Yeah. And yeah. I was, like, sold. Nice. if it makes you feel better, my concept. jaw actually dropped, and then I wrote all the house messages <laughs> to Agnes being like, oh my god! <laughs> yeah, so... It was amazing. It was... A lot of people didn't like it because they weren't expecting a dramatic shift in animation, but if you mm-hmm. sat through the rest of episode two, I don't think you'll regret it because it adds a different layer and the reason why they use a different animation in the first place. It, it's, and it's not because it's like they're lacking staffers or they have a, a sudden <laughs> directional change. It's a deliberate change in order to portray the events of the story. Yeah, and I love this kind of twist where it's not just like, oh, psych, the first episode was all a lie and you can ignore that tone or that idea this is a different kind of show it's more like it recontextualized everything and then it yeah maybe my brain is mush (laughs) (laughs) if that means and he is and this is that i mean yeah so at what point can we just you know drop the facade and like talk about the spoilers and like the reality of what the show is right now it's probably yeah, so. All right, here's this is everyone's listeners' official spoiler um, alert for anyone who hasn't seen Decadence and was going to use this Decadence, sorry, and was going to use this segment as should I try it, should I not? Um, if you think it's watch just, the show, yeah. If you if you think it's an Attack on Titan thing, if you think it's just like you know an adventure wild uh, in the desert thing, it's a lot more than that. The synopsis is very misleading. And as uh, and as Medi says, there is a big plot twist in season t- and, and episode season two, two that d- two. <laughs> that doesn't completely <laughs> overturn what the show had set up in the first season, but does give a first much season. bigger added flavor. So we're just gonna leave it at that. And if you guys don't want to get spoiled, I suggest you guys uh, stop listening right now. The Attack on Titan stuff is still a little the 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 flying around thing that you see in episode one is still there oh, in the rest of the much. show. But episode one is bait. Please watch episode two. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So now I watched we episode start. one. Okay. Who, who's gonna start? I'm gonna well, go. I watched episode one. I was really excited when the giant spoiler, fortress so. turned into a fist and punched it really hard. 
Repunch the monster. R- repeat ten that, out James, of 10. because I think you said something I wanted to say, but do it again. I really enjoyed the part when the fortress turned into a giant fist and then punched the monster really hard. Okay, I thought that, that was, was great. cool, and I never thought... <laughs> that was, like, a symbolic moment to me, because that was such surface level, like, playing with my expectations, because I saw the big old cylinder-looking thing, and it's, like, charging or something, and I'm like, oh, it's gonna fire the big they laser. They called it a cannon. Yeah, it's gonna fire the big laser at the monster, and then you realize it's facing the other way, and it's just a turbo punch. <laughs> it's a rock. It's a literal rocket punch. Yeah, I'm like, oh, that was uh, not what I expected. And in general, episode one it starts, and I was actually smugly thinking to myself, like, oh, really? That's how they're doing exposition of this world building? They're reciting the history in the classroom, pshaw. Uh, but then come episode two, you realize that these humans are indoctrinated in this real but not real world. <laughs> and that it's, it is the real world, but to this like alien entity, it's just yeah. a fun game. It, you know, it's like they're on. It's like they're part of a, a reality TV game show, but they don't know it. I think is one way. Yeah, of yeah it. it's the Truman Show. Describe, yeah. It's the Truman Show. That's a good. That's a good. It's the Truman Show with monsters. <laughs> <laughs> But if anything, as I was watching through episode two and three, I kind of wonder if what the aliens are doing is trying to preserve humanity oh, through these Yeah, they, they called them an endangered species. I right. Think they said outright that, well, one of the funniest lines was that such and such company uh, acquired the rights to all of humanity. <laughs> like, they just own yeah, humanity. Yeah, <laughs> And they didn't say it's like, we have to regulate them like this because humans couldn't manage themselves. And I mean... I knew Jeff Bezos would sell us out one of these days. <laughs> oh. It actually, it actually kind of reminds me of um, Gracie knows this because she's been making me watch it. Uh, season two of Young Justice. Mm. Yeah, there were, there's like an an alien entity that comes to Earth, but its corporation kind of takes over the world. Yeah, the Reach, uh, the en- uh, enemy corporation takes over the world and attempts to control it for its own design and or it's quote unquote protecting it, which I s- assume is what they're doing and why Kaburagi is sent to do what he's supposed to do. Yeah, they find basically unknown view bugs or as, yeah, like he's as literally a member of the too. secret police. Yeah, yeah, that's true. He is a member of the secret police. I just he's his job is to find dissidents and remove them. Yep. What I love is how backwards it is that the real world is these plain cartoony looking robots and their avatars which are which are real but not their actual bodies or forms are like really detailed people or people looking humanoid uh what are the gears those things yeah, which are gears. literally like they can buy fortnite skins for them so when do you think they're gonna have a john wick looking one show up you know (laughs) that would be great actually well we don't have a john wick but equivalent but we do have a badass coming up the female yes she's actually supposed to be a tanker she's actually a normal human but she she, went up the ranks as a gear so mad respects mad props to her Mm -hmm. Too bad she doesn't know that she's basically entertainment property. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's the Truman Show. Yep. Other than Uh, that, I think the world is very well built. I know Studio, based on the introduction that Studio Nut gave during the Funimation Con, they spent years on this concept and finally finalized it around the time that they finished Saga Tanya the Evil. 
And what do you guys think overall in terms of concept and design? Do you think that it was good that they took this long to execute such a series? Absolutely. I think the level of detail and care shows, like... It does. Absolutely. And Gracie, will you do us the honor of talking about Pipe? (gasps) Oh, yes. Oh, we're already moving on to talking about Pipe? Oh, okay. Well, Well, if if we want... (laughs) I'm always for um, production teams taking as much time as they need to perfect their project. You know, I'm very much, you know, for not rushing and letting them do what they want to do. So that's, like, my thing. So the fact that they spent this long to perfect it, you know, is totally cool with me. That doesn't bother me at all. But yes, Pipe is adorable. It is basically a squishy beluga whale on ledge, <laughs> and it's pink, and it makes cute noises, and I just want to squish it. And the whole time when I was watching it with uh, Agnes, like, she can attest, I was just squealing every time it showed up. Oh the mic, God. we were, since, it's, since it was a virtual con, we were all together in a channel uh, listening to each other's voices, and her squeal, like, broke the mic <laughs> no i'm kidding <laughs> not 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 metaphorically but it was Blew it was a it was a huge squeal at how cute it uh pipe was in the first episode they you better make plushies and i would buy the plushies and i and um agnes is the one who pointed this out but um but like i did say the uh pipe his head very much looks like a beluga whale especially the melon part and how it squishes which by the way beluga whale melons do squish so um don't ask how i know that but anyway um but another thing that she pointed out was like it's very ironic that they're in the desert but all the monsters that they fight the goggles is that how how you pronounce it um, yeah the gettles yeah the, gado- the monsters the that they yeah, fight, yeah they're they're all Land sea whales. creature looking and so and they're in the desert so i thought that was another interesting sort of take on it mm, yeah i mean for all we could know this is a dystopian world where the sea levels have completely disappeared and all we're just doing is we're sitting at the bottom of the ocean level well they confirmed yeah. this Ooh. takes place after the year 2400 so yeah, yeah it could go. definitely happen. I like the show. I like the world. Uh, I like that they combined the like actiony kind of Attack on Titan flying around bits, and but also like the the avid like the great floating space ship up above with the weird robot looking things gives me some oddly like space dandy kind of vibes with their mm, like design I see what you're talking. and the yeah. animation and the coloring. But it it's also nice that it's they're not doing like a vr or like isekai kind of thing because it's it's still real life when they go down to decadence the people are still real people yeah it's just that they are it it's like uh avatar it's literally the actual, like, avatar. like this blue space pocahontas where they are real people and the the humans are also real people but they are occupying you know they get like a second life basically with their with their flesh suit that they're walking around in mm-hmm um, also, Pipe reminds me of Midi from Made I Midis. knew you would say that. No! Yeah. My heart! Please. Let's not no, talk it's true, about though. that, okay. guys. We're still... Pipe? At least I still haven't recovered from that. <laughs> Good. Pipe is pretty cute, but I think, like, the, the real uh, Kaburagi, like the robot, is so adorable yeah. with that face. Oh, like, yes, I agree. <laughs> yeah. 
It's really hard to take him seriously when he looks oh so God, kind of cute as yeah. robot. <laughs> and he's, like, so small and square. And kind of, like, his his color scheme is actually kind of cute, too. It's, it like, a is. muddy brown, almost, with, like, some tinges of, like, green and pink, so it makes him even cuter, question mark. <laughs> and, and sure, why not? But poor Mikey. And it, I wanted to confirm oh, this. Mikey. I, I was thinking the same thing, James. But... <laughs> did Mikey was Mikey the one that wore like that jetpack looking thing because we saw Kabudagi had it in the present and I'm like did he have that in the flashbacks or did he get that from Mikey if oh, anyone happens to remember like is oh, that like a relic off the top of my head yeah I might have like picked up on something kind of cute and symbolic and sad but I might also have just been picking up on something that isn't a thing because it might have been Kabudagi wearing it the whole time but, it but, might have been it might have been a symbolic thing, but I haven't seen him wear it since then. Because episode three, he was wearing the usual well, guttle or the usual uh, gear. Well, outfit. when he was a um a robot, I mean, he had the jetpack looking thing mm, in the I present. See, see. And yeah, the cute little robot has like a jetpack with flames on it, and it just looks adorable. <laughs> I think. Uh, mm-hmm. But, Maddie, you're right in that I think he did keep something of Mikey's. I just can't remember what it was, exactly. Well, it's clear he's he's so... He feels so guilty for Mikey. Him. Yeah, he's very sentimental about it. And he was ready to just stop living. So when you're a robot, you kind of have that choice. Just like, I'm just not going to recharge when I need to. I'm just going to deplete myself of Oxone levels and just live out like an empty husk. Was what he was doing before he found Natsume. Yeah. So he refilled himself twice. The one the first was in the flashback, was... wasn't it? Yeah, so yeah, the first time he, he almost let himself die, but then he found Pipe, and he got really attached to Pipe because oh, Pipe yeah. was a glitch. So, so he refilled himself for that, and then he was going to let himself die out again because I'm guessing what happened was... Um, after Natsume took to Pipe so much, he was like, oh, I guess I can just leave um, Pipe to Natsume. Mm. And so, but then Natsume ended up being <laughs> he another He can't leave Natsume to Natsume. <laughs> <laughs> hmm? Yeah. No, it's just the, the repetitive mentions of Natsume that oh. had many chocolates. Yes. Oh, yeah. Um, I think for me, like, my my biggest takeaway take for this show so far, or, like, my my thoughts is I do think it's unfortunate because some people have dropped this anime actually not based on the first episode, but based on the second because they didn't like where it was heading when they thought it was just going to, when they thought it was going to be like just an adventure, like fighting monsters sort of game. And so, um, and they dropped it from the second season, from the second episode, I keep saying season, but from the second episode, which is ironically where I think the series is showing its, like, its uniqueness. So, um, yep. that's, like, my thoughts on it. Yeah, I, think- I mean, I thought it was neat that the first episode had me hooked, but then second episode was like, okay, now we're, we're going well, on. The, the first episode now. had me, like, you know interested, interested. Pay, like paying attention the second episode had me hooked yeah for sure for sure all right uh Decadence, good show yeah there's a robot with cool kamida glasses voiced by takahito koyasu and that's always fun. yeah i knew that voice was familiar i love that they made every part of his face pointy and just his body is a cube yeah <laughs> 
The easiest cosplay ever, everybody. Put yourself in a cardboard box and stick your head out the side and paint it blue. Oh my god, that's that's gonna happen. Alright. It's time for my favorite segment. Not actually. Well, it is kind of my favorite. It's time for the question corner, and we're having a Noobles free question corner. Which means it's time for the question. What do we hate about? I'm just kidding. <laughs> but he's not here. I missed him. Are we here to talk <laughs> trash be... about Noobles? <laughs> talk trash about Noobles? No. Um, so I checked the question corner again, and I don't remember when the previous uh, podcast went up, but there has been there has there was one new message, and it was somebody posting a crying anime girl emote. Oh, that's it. So, Please send more my, questions. My answer to that question is mood. <laughs> yeah. uh, but luckily we still have some that were asked on the 7th it's been three weeks though so you know but these are perennial they never die so uh we have two because folks mostly want to know how anime trending works and while we do have some information on that Nuvels is the one with all the secret sauce so instead we're going to talk we're gonna have two questions uh the first one is um with shows coming in left and right, how does anime trending... Oh, let me talk about who this is from. So this was asked on Discord on the 7th by user Toasan Win. Uh, and it's, with shows coming in left and right, how does anime trending keep up with all the airing shows? We expect that anime trending will miss out most non-notable shows. Oh, oh I'm sad about that. <laughs> I thought we, I thought you all held us to a higher standard. Um, how do we expect fairness, especially in segment awards such as Best in Adaptation, Best in Music, and etc.? Oh, that's a good question, actually. <laughs> I mean, my answer is honestly that I, I don't think we're always perfect. Some stuff is always going to fly by the radar. But yep, we kind of do our best to just individually all watch what we're interested in and see if most things that are notable or have a chance of being... I mean... Because we can't get everything. We everything. we have a thing at the beginning of it. We have a thing at the beginning of every season where we have a spreadsheet with all of the big shows that are coming out, and by big we mean basically not shorts. Um, and we let the writers oh. and and the staff kind of say, "Hey, I plan on watching this, or I plan on watching that," and so we get a vague idea of what's being covered. But there's not, aside from Gracie, who watches how many shows do you watch a season? Typically, um, I average typically around not with COVID measures. I average around yeah, like nobody three. else has the. Ain't no, yeah, I I watch like four, maybe five, uh, and so aside from Gracie, who watches all, um, no, that's not. It's close mostly to all, but... just breaking it up. It's mostly breaking it up among all the staff members, um, and then so th you know that it, you are correct in uh, Mister or Sir person Toasan Win. Uh, you are correct that we miss some non-notable shows, but uh, if it's not notable, then, you know, it's not trending, and we talk about the <laughs> trending anime. Ooh. If it's not notable, and it's not seen in, like, I guess, our social media, especially for Twitter and Facebook, where most of our reach is at, you can always reach out to our writers or anything like that, so we can take a look and just read it yes, through. Yes, I mean, yes. these... Writing is not so much... It's like James said before, it's kind of like a perennial thing. It doesn't die out, per se. And even though we are anime trending and we do try to focus on anime that is currently airing, we also do our best to talk about shows that may have had a more profound impact on us 
and may have been missed out on the show and tell everyone, hey, you know, check this out if you have time. Yeah, we did publish an article on like stuff that didn't make the top 10 that were still pretty good shows. Mm-hmm. So that was yeah. Pretty recent. So we do watch other stuff. Yeah. We, but, um, we don't always have the time to watch everything, but we do our best. So another thing I want to make clear about the aspect nomination stuff and making sure we cover all grounds. Um, we don't, it's not as simple as just going in and just voting and then that being it. We actually do do pretty extensive discussions, whether we write it out or actually um, do it in a meeting on exactly why we are um, nominating a certain anime. So just in case, um, you know, um, another uh, another member of the group didn't watch the anime but could section out exactly why we are like you know nominating these things they they can and will still vote for it and so like we do we do take extensive steps to make sure that even if you know we you're right we can't possibly watch all anime even someone as me who watches on average 15 series a season that's still not all the series that comes out, but we spread ourselves out on purpose. So when we nominate, we can talk about why we're nominating. And so even for people who don't watch it can be like, I trust your judgment because you pointed out these things. So I will vote for it sort of situation. And I absolutely encourage everyone to like, if you see something not being covered that you think should be covered, I mean, well, vote in the polls, and if you don't see something represented in the polls, like let us know so we can include it, because I think we want to represent yeah. everything we can. But it's if if we don't know that we're missing something, we don't know. But don't be obnoxious about it, right? <laughs> so make sure to like hear... we appreciate you and we would love to hear from you, but don't don't like spam us, please. Yeah. Also, make sure to adhere by the rules for anime trending on what we are actually covering. So, for instance, large running shows like Naruto and stuff like that is, and uh, what else do we not cover? One Piece. One Piece. Like One Piece. Yeah. Certain certain sequels, I think. So, yeah, and certain sequels oh, are not covered in anime trending. So please remember to check out those rules when asking us if we can cover certain shows or not. We're pretty limited to the seasonal model, though, as it is. Yes. Yeah. All right. So after that technical answer, we have a super easy one, which is asked by Discord user Seal. I'm just going to assume that's how it's spelled. C-I-E-L. Um, <laughs> Seal, Arf, or do they bark? Ooh, I don't remember. I what noise do Seals make? It's Seal. It, yeah, it's Seal or Chad. Like, that, that means, uh, I think it means sky in some Spanish-ish language. Help. A romance oh. language, probably. I read yeah. it as seal, and then I think of the singer and the animal. Something, something, kiss from a rose. That song is about cocaine. Anyways, uh, this question is asked on Discord. What was the first staff? Uh, was the first staff that the anime watched? What was the first anime that the staff watched, and why did it get them hooked? I'm gonna assume that means hooked on anime as a medium. So I'm gonna assume that this excludes the whole. I watched Pokemon in elementary school. Unless that was the thing that was like, I watched Pokemon when I was seven years old, and that's when I knew anime was for me. Uh, I think it subconsciously formed my tastes, but yeah, fair. for sure. It's like the, an accum- I guess like for the West, it's an accumulation of shows on Nickelodeon, animated shows from like Nickelodeon, and then also things from uh, For Kids too. Uh, so think- One Piece. 
uh, Yu-Gi-Oh, and then also like Pokemon, uh, stuff that was on Cartoon Network too. Mm-hmm. I don't think Nickelodeon ever had any actual anime. They created Avatar I mean, The Last Airbender. Which, yeah, they created Avatar. But I don't think they had any Japanese like animation brought to the West. I think that was always Cartoon Network, you know, for kids or Kids WB. Nowadays, Disney Or like XD, Adult Swim or like uh, Toonami. Yeah. Well, right, right, which is part of Cartoon Network. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, so who wants to well, start first I'll... then? Uh, I could go for. I guess I'll go first. Um, go ahead. I had a, like an on-off thing. I watched again. Like I didn't, uh, as my fellow hosts will sometimes tease me about. I didn't grow up watching a lot of TV. Uh, the running gag is that my friends make SpongeBob references, and I don't get them. And that's <laughs> basically been my life. Um, but you know, I had a, I watched a couple like videotapes of Pokemon. But the, again, that was childhood, and that was not for me. That was just ooh, it's just another cartoon. It's fine. Um. I watched some of One Piece back in middle school, uh, but that was only because I liked the manga, and I, I just saw it as hearing people. And I watched the 4Kids dub, which was already like a, oops, <laughs> uh, and I stopped watching it as soon as I found the discrepancies between, like, act, like actual story discrepancies. But And so I fell out of it and didn't watch TV again, and then I think it was senior year of high school. Uh a bunch of folks were talking about Sword Art Online, and I was like, oh, it's popular. So the contrarian in me went, ha, I'm not going to watch it. Um, and then one of my buddies was like, no, you should give it a try. And I was like, okay. Uh, actually, he wasn't even one of my buddies yet. He was just a casual acquaintance. It was like, you should try it. He was the one that finally pushed me over the edge. Uh, and I watched as much as I could. And I was like, oh, okay. I think I like this a lot. Uh, I like the anim- I like animation is what I learned. But then what really got me to like watch more and consume like w- decided that like I would assert myself and kind of identify as a fan of anime or an anime fan was like a combination of Steins Gate and Fate Zero. Uh, those That's two a good things. Combo. Yeah. I, uh, that was what it was like, okay, I love this and it's not something that I've been able to find kind of anywhere else. Uh, and so I'm going to keep watching this medium. I'm going to keep getting more invested into this universe, into this, uh, into this into this space uh into this community uh so yeah fate zero steins gate those were the two ones that really got me into it though you could say my first anime was technically sort of online and if that says anything about my taste uh it's it's still very apparent i love watching people suffer on screen <laughs> all right Medi, your turn oh it's my turn Okay. I've decided it's your Tag turn. Your well, yeah. <laughs> I grew up on Pokemon so much that I can't remember, like, to a time far back enough that I didn't know or enjoy Pokemon. Uh, anyway, with that context, I still never really picked up on watching any other anime. I had friends who watched it. Like, I remember friends watching Naruto when it was kind of a big thing when I was in elementary school. Um picking up other things here and there maybe a little bit of one piece uh then like my freshman year of high school uh at the time i played the pokemon trading card game reasonably actively and it was actually a friend i made through that hobby that hung out with him he was like oh do you watch this and that or you know do you want to watch this show and i had the gall to tell him verbatim like i don't really like anime I hadn't really watched, so like, <laughs> I basically hadn't really watched anime before, but for some reason, I'm like, nah, I don't think it's really for me. And then, um, I believe the first thing he had me watch, actually, 
of all things to introduce you to anime was Fooly Cooly, FLCL, which is the weirdest, oh, wow. like, zaniest thing ever. And it, it was the dub. And I remember watching some of it being like, this this is strange, this is odd, but I, I don't think I disliked it. And it looked like South Park for a bit. Uh, <laughs> South Park? <laughs> after that, God. I know the, like, full length, so like 24-minute episodes and 24 episodes total anime that he recommended and that I watched was actually not that like popular well-known of an anime it's called desert punk and i watched it dubbed and good thing because the dub is incredible it's hilarious and it's one of the (laughs) shining examples of where i say it's you know more enjoyable dubbed than subbed because now i'm like a snob who watches everything japanese and subbed Uh, (laughs) yeah i really enjoyed that (laughs) and like it, it was very much comedy oriented maybe the first like serious intense exciting anime i watched was death note which was probably the next thing i watched after and that was subbed because my friend had told me i don't like the english voices just watch this in japanese with subtitles i was like okay and that worked for me and then i did what every uh you know like 15 year old in 2011 did who liked anime and i just watched literally anything that happened to be on netflix and was anime and here i am today Desert Punk is good. You should watch the dub. Mehdi sat me down one time and had me watch it. And if not for the fact that I had an exam coming up, I would have watched it. <laughs> yeah. it it's a fun time. It's funny because my, my very first anime series, I wouldn't say are that extremely indicative of what I have come to love since or what I love today. But yeah, I, I still, Desert Punk still remains something I really hold near and dear to my heart. Oh, excellent. All right, Gracie, your turn. Oh, gosh. Okay, so um, I've been watching anime ever since I was, like, before going into school because um, my mom loved Doraemon, and she had... Doraemon, yeah! She had Chinese dubbed versions, and so I watched it all day and night, and I basically watched it so much that I could memorize, I memorized the speech and the dialogue, and could literally repeat it word for word for hundreds of episodes, and so, um, but I just, I didn't know that was anime then. Um, I guess my first one really would be Naruto, but I watched that on television, and once again, I thought it was cartoon, so I didn't really understand the concept of anime, I would say, like, my first one where I'm actually, actually aware I'm watching anime would be Fullmetal Alchemist, the first version, not the Brotherhood version. Um, And that got me hooked so, so badly that I never stopped watching anime after that. Um, I was living, and that was when I was in fifth grade. So I've been watching anime since I was in fifth grade, and that's when I used to binge. And so I would, like, finish a I would finish three anime series in a day, like the full episode one, episode 13. I, I couldn't stop. Like I would, like when my parents are napping, I would, I would just watch <laughs> it. And then when my parents are awake, I just watch it. I was genuinely addicted. Like I just, like the minute I was done eating, I would be back upstairs watching it. Like I could not stop. And I, it was so bad that my parents actually pulled an intervention on me, being like, you can't watch that many, you can't, like, oh, just no. put your life into this. So, um, so I started to ease up a bit in, like, 7th, 8th grade, 
And then high school, life got really busy, and so that's when I I stopped in junior year of high school. But basically from fifth grade all the way to um, to 10th, I, I was nonstop watching anime, and I, did, and I didn't stop watching it. Uh, like, weekends, weekdays, whenever I could, I was watching it. And then um, I got back into anime once I went into college. Um, I actually had kind of forgotten about anime until, because my high school... Um, life was just so busy i had the same thing happen actually where i really took a dip in later high school and then when i started college i went like full weeb and it's only gotten worse since (laughs) yeah so what's funny is like i it's almost like i took a so i was already a full-on otaku before um before high school or before college because like i said i i would finish three full series in a single day like that's how hardcore i was watching things but um what happened was i stopped and then i kind of forgot about it and then we had a a stat project in my stat class and part of the points obviously was creativity and the first thing I thought of was, I'm going to, like, do a statistics project around anime because I really doubt anyone else would do something like this. And that really pulled me back in after that. And so now I'm I, now I'm basically back where I started. The only difference is that instead of, like, binging full series in a day, I now follow uh, currently showing anime. I actually, despite the fact that I am watching 15 series a season on average, it it still takes up less time than full-on binging, so um, so it's easier to handle my schedule because of that. So that's like so that's like the only big change that happened. But yeah, I uh, I definitely would say I'm probably the veteran anime watcher in the group because I really doubt anyone started at fifth grade and just like was was just so addicted that their parents pulled interventions on them so (laughs) no but i I do want to ask you didn't really play a lot of video games right no i hated video games ah yeah that's the thing is as a kid especially it was pretty much video games that took all my attention so how fitting that pokemon was multimedia and just encompassed Mm. every aspect of entertainment my parents didn't like right, video just... games in the first oh. place, but at the same time, even when I played video games at my friend's house, I realized that I liked watching them play more than personally playing myself. So it ended up not being a like contention point with my parents because it's like I realized I didn't really like video games. So even even if they don't like it, I don't really care. But yeah, I definitely, I definitely was not absorbed in any video game. It was just anime day in and day out. I like, yeah, like I said, I finished full series in like within hours because I couldn't stop watching. So you were ahead of yeah, your time. You started the movement of watching video games instead of playing them, which is yeah. just what we all do now. Yep. Yeah, we just watch gameplays on YouTube from whoever our favorite YouTuber is. <laughs> Wild. Anyway. All right, Agnes, your turn. Uh, geez, okay. I think I'm kind of the weird hybrid of Gracie and Medi, but more prolonged than Medi's. Um, I started out at a very similar age as Gracie, I think like around fifth grade, actually even earlier, maybe, probably around third grade, wow. even. Yeah, because uh, I remember, I guess like it's a lot of it has to do with community, when I was younger, I was living in a community where many people weren't watching anime. 
Uh, many of them were into Western shows and had access to TV. And mind you, I grew up uh, both parts of my life. I've never actually lived in an area where TV reception was good in the first place. And my parents weren't fond of TV. So I never really grew up with that TV culture and turned to the internet instead when it was available for me. I would literally devote every single waking hour that I could to just watch anime because that was the only thing that I could actually watch on a computer. And back then it was all illegal streaming. So a lot of third party stuff. Like, for instance, the you would do, like, AnimeCrazy.net <laughs> as, like, uh, as one of the URL domain names, right? And you would just sit there and you just binge through all of the episodes of One Piece. I think my introduction to actual anime was the was the big three. So it was Naruto, One Piece, Bleach, and I did watch a lot of Katsuko Hitman Reborn, too. And then from there, my interests literally spiraled out of control. I When I moved, I got indoctrinated into a community where a lot of people were predominantly Asian and a lot of them were geeks. So we grew up watching anime. We were like part of some Tumblr community, whatever you may call it. Uh, and we just talked a lot about anime. And I read a lot of manga actually in between my middle school and high school years. I never really outgrew it. And so when I went to college, my friends looked at me and my major, they're like, wow, you're kind of an expert. And I'm like, no, I'm not. I just I just literally never stopped this phase at all. I don't know what you want to call it. Um, but yeah, that's that's where I started, really. And it's never really stopped. Now we're all hopelessly addicted. Yeah, we are. And on that are. cheery note, thank you so much for joining us, everybody. I have stolen the host role from Gracie, <laughs> like the dirty, dirty thief that I am. If you have any more questions for us, please put them in the question corner. Uh, channel of our of our discord um and we hope to hear from you thanks for listening they, 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 they don't even have host Nettie. uh goodbye and i've been your host james good night <laughs> or goodbye good morning <laughs> fare thee well sweet listener all right uh Music. that's enough we <laughs> thank you annie trenders for listening to us and please tune in for next week have a good day and so yeah yep, have a yep. good day bye guys <laughs> see y'all Woo!